Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome back for another edition of Investor Stories. On this special segment, the experts describe the most important lesson that they've learned and how that has changed the way they invest. This is the special segment called Lessons Learned. On today's special segment, we have Rebecca Caden of Union Square Ventures. Rebecca, can you tell us a story highlighting a critical lesson that has changed the way you invest? Hmm, critical lesson that has changed the way I invest. Sure. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, one of the best lessons I feel like I've had is watching, um, you know, my partner Dan at, from Averon, who started the firm there, do Zulily. Um, so Zulily was founded by two um, founders out of Blue Nile, which had been another Seattle-based business. And they came to Dan kind of pre-idea, very early days. And he basically wrote them a blank term sheet. He said, name your price. Wow. And when that deal got done, it felt, you know, probably extremely expensive to Mavron and to Dan. But he had put a level of faith in them that established such a solid partnership and um, it wound up, you know, returning almost a billion dollars to the fund in about four years. Wow. Um, that was this lesson of, you know, we all talk about the power curve and um, how, you know, this is a business of outliers, but you really see it there. And when you take the risk to set up a structure that's going to really enable trust rather than feeling like you win on every element of a term sheet in the earliest days, you set yourself up for a long-term partnership that can be extremely beneficial and also can be extremely valuable economically to the firm. It's always tricky balancing portfolio construction with uh, finding something that's super special, but prices out of range. Yeah, I definitely agree. (laughs) (laughs) On today's special segment, we have Chris Duvos of VIA. Chris, can you tell us a story highlighting a critical lesson that's changed your approach to investing? You know, I learned something really important from Henry McCants at Greylock. And one of the best things about being at Princeton was I got to cover Greylock. And Mr. McCants was like an old gentleman of the business. And there were t- I'll cheat on the question and give you two answers. The first one's quick. The second one's actually you know really profound. We were talking about a new Greylock fund that they were going to raise. And I said, you know, we'll have to have our legal team review it. And Mr. McCann's just shook his head and he said, you know, lawyers, he said, he said, you know, the day we have to go in the bottom drawer and pull out the partnership agreement and actually read it, we've lost. 
He says, we've, you know, we will have failed as partners. He says, right. every partnership, right, should have, every good agreement should have two sentences. A, you know, the first sentence, we, the GP, promise to do right by you, the LP, and then you, the LP, promise to do right by us, the GP. He says, everything else is just details. Now, the reality is he, he you know, uh, was an insanely smart guy. Obviously, he knew the world was full of corner cases that needed legal documents. But but the spirit of that was actually really important to me and really in, influenced my thinking for a long time and continues to. If you get the people right, the docs matter a lot less. And then the second lesson I learned from Mr. McCants, which was amazing, was this was 2001, 2, 3. You know, we'd just come out of the bubble and he said to me, he goes, Duvos, when venture, like any asset class, is working well, capital is expensive and time is cheap. He goes, in bubbles where you get in trouble is that time becomes really expensive and capital becomes really cheap. And he says, when you see that happening, watch out. And I kind of feel like that's where we are a little bit today, maybe a little bit less so than we were like in you know 15, early 16, when things seemed really frenetic. Yep. But, you know, that really stuck with me because if, if you think about venture as a catalytic asset class where, where investors can work with companies and help them change their trajectories and, and help set their DNA and all that kind of stuff, if, if you believe that, which, you know, there are a couple of schools of thought on that. But if you believe that, you know, it's tough when you've got 28 companies in your portfolio and you sit on 14 boards, right? And so I think a lot about that. And I think it's a structural advantage of new firms, actually, because they have more time to be craftspeople. Interesting. At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. On today's special segment, we have Carter Cast of Pritzker Group Venture Capital. Carter, can you tell us a story highlighting a critical lesson that you've learned in your career? Yeah. So this goes back to when you're going to go into a business, what one or two things do you have assumptions around that if you are wrong, you're screwed, you're done? You have to understand what assumptions the business model, the value proposition is contingent upon. The underpinnings of the value prop, you have to pressure test if those things will hold true. I went into a a startup that was driven by 
natural search, SEO. This company had done a great job on natural search and was getting wonderful amounts of organic traffic. And Google changed their algorithm, you know, Panda and Penguin, they call them. Yep. They changed their algorithm to try to make more money from big company investors, companies buying keywords. And as a result, the acquisition cost, their organic traffic went down. They had to use a lot more paid and it changed completely the economics of their acquisition cost. The assumption that I made that was wrong is that this beautiful organic machine, we were so dependent on one company, namely Google, that they weren't going to change the way they approached natural search. And we heard they were not not going to because they wanted the best sites to rise to the top. And we assumed they were going to stay pure, and they didn't. They changed the way they did it, and we had a 40% increase in our cost per order because natural search went down. And it completely changed the fundamentals of the business. So if, as I look back, the lesson there is, you know, it's like if you're selling to Walmart. When I was at Frito-Lay and I was on the Tostitos business, 35% of our sales went to Walmart. So I had to constantly contingency plan around what could happen if Walmart, you know, cut us loose or de-emphasized our business. How would we make up the volume? Yeah. So what are those key assumptions you have that you think are going to hold true and what happens if they don't. And that is sort of the lesson. So now I always look at what one or two things could tank this business and what assumptions are my, what assumptions am I making right now that if they are wrong, I could be in real trouble. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And the example you gave, I, I wrote an article probably a couple of years ago now, but I, I called it channel choke. And it's, you know, when you have a business that's going through one channel or you're exposed to, you know, one channel for all your new customers. And then that channel, like Google in this instance, changes its algorithm. (laughs) You're in trouble, right? Same thing could be the case if Amazon is, you know, you're entirely your source of customers or Facebook is entirely your source of of, uh, new leads. Uh, You could be in trouble. Yep. And Amazon's a great example of that too. Like you just said, you could become overly dependent on Amazon as a fulfiller or Amazon as a, the, the AWS or whatever it is. And if they change their strategy, you could be in real trouble. So I, I think at channel choke, that's a great way of describing it. So that that's one of my lessons is now is no matter what I'm doing, I'm looking and saying of this deal we're looking at, what is What's what are the critical assumptions we're making about what's going to hold true, and what if they don't hold true in the future? Will it tank the investment? Got it. And do we have contingency plans around it or not? That will conclude this installment of Investor Stories. If you're enjoying the program and would like to see it continue, take a moment and leave a five star review in iTunes. Also, if you'd like updates on new content from TFR, as well as the top 10 VC articles every week, go to fullratchet.net and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Until next time, over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me. 